Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Monday, the 9th of January. First up, Victoria's Secret collapses after going woke and failing epically. CEO out after massive losses. It's 2023, and we already have an excellent get woke, go broke scenario here. Probably one of the best because of the company that it's in reference to. Now, if you remember, uh, late last year, maybe last summer or something, uh, the company Victoria's Secret, which essentially image uh, was beautiful women wearing beautiful clothing, um, being beautiful, and, and people happily paid for it. They thought, here's what people want, ugly women wearing ugly clothing, and that's going to save our company. They're, again, their brand is literally like of beauty. They have like Victoria's Secret angels, and they're all like perfect women, perfect body shapes. Um, and then they're like, well, how about, how about we bring in Megan Rappenroe? Who wouldn't want to see that person? How about we bring in a bunch of people who are overweight? This is, you know, when they, 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 they did this back in June. Oh, this is late June, 2021. Victoria's Secret swaps angels for what women want. Will they buy it? The embattled lingerie giant is attempting the most extreme brand turnaround in recent memory. An effort to redefine not just what itself is, but the very idea of what sexy is. Eh, failed. Fail. They got rid of the, the beautiful Barbie bodies and replaced with Megan Rapinoe, one of the like just most vile humans on the planet. And that's just her personality. Uh, Ellen Goo, I don't really know who that is. Good for her, apparently. Um, a 29-year-old biracial model and inclusivity advocate, Paloma El Cesar, a rare size 14 woman. What? I live in Wisconsin, bro. I see them all the time. Size 14 women are not rare. And Priyanka Chopra. Okay. I mean, I mean, these people are not unattractive. Okay. But the idea that you want to put, you know, overweight people and all this kind of stuff on, on, on your advertising to try and, uh, virtue signal. Let's see how that's working out for you. This January 6th, Victoria's Secret CEO resigns after less than a year. After less than a year, Victoria's Secret CEO Amy Hawk exits amid woke controversies. She's been at the helm of Victoria's Secret brand since last summer. The once-loved brand has had a tumultuous few years with an attempted rebranding that impl implemented woke policies like removing iconic angels models as well as the yearly fashion show. In 2020, Victoria's Secret announced that it would permanently close around 250 stores in the United States and Canada after considerable profit loss. Here's the reality, um, you know, f from somebody who's, who, you know, whose uh, significant other spends lots of money, had spent a lot of money there over the years. I spent a lot of year, a, a lot of hours sitting in that store, staring at the carpet uh, <laughs> while she shopped. And the, 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 quite frankly, the problem from what I hear is their quality isn't what it used to be. Uh, and when you're spending $50 on a bra, it better be top end. 
um, and it better actually do what it's supposed to do. A lot of women wear bras, you know, for support. And when they don't have that anymore, they have to buy new ones. And not a lot of people can afford to keep spending $50 a piece on them, especially if they don't last as long or if they don't uh, provide the actual support that they need. But the, you know, that's the, that's the, that's what, you know, my, what I've heard of the brand. Obviously, I don't wear any of their clothing, but like at least, you know, during the week. But the, so you had in 20, so on Tuesday, shares fell sharply following SEC filing revealing the departure of their CEO. Shares of the manufacturer fell another 6%. Hawk notified the company of her decision on December 27th, 2022. She scheduled to depart the company, depart the company on March 31st. In 2021, Victoria's Secret became a publicly traded company after its burn off from the L Brands, which are also owned, which also owned bed, uh, bed, uh, Bath and Body Works. Um, well, I don't really understand. Um, you know, you, you have, you see this comment here. This is what happens when companies, two companies, and they cater to the select few with the huge demands in the commercial marketplace. Let 0.02% of the population influence your choices, you get 200% in lost revenues. It's a simple, it's that simple. Ask Disney how their $100 stock price drop in the last single year worked out for them going woke in the Florida with the Florida people, people of Florida. Here's another person. I will not spend money with woke companies. Even if I pay more buying elsewhere, we consumers hold the power of the purse and need to exercise our right to spend in a responsible way that preserves the values of our country and future generations. That's another thing. Um, you have uh, the situation where, you know, there are a lot of women that were put off by their woke messaging too. Here's, here's an inconvenient truth. Uh, men and women both like to see beautiful men and women. Like the idea you see here, Victoria's Secret has been slow to adapt to change consumer tastes, including preferences for body positive products. What consumers? Ben overweight, being overweight is not cool, uh, is a health problem that makes the price of healthcare higher for people to control their weight next to Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And you see, yeah, that was a bad idea. I walked by the store the other day and I thought, what a huge mistake it was to rebrand. I used to love that store and I'm far from being a supermodel, but I would still rather look at that than some out of shape lady in a laundry, in laundry any day. That's the, that's the point I was just making. Like everybody knows that that's, you know, it's early marketing. You know, beautiful people prefer beautiful people. Um, and Victoria's Secret saying, well, we're going to have people with like paunches and, and like cellulite and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what regular people have, okay? But that's not what we want to look at when we're buying clothes. Like even when I like, I have to buy my clothes from big and tall stores. So even when I go to big and tall stores and I see like big, big mannequins, I'm like, oh, that looks weird. I don't like that. Like uh, I'll go to DXL because um, very few. So I, I need like 2XL, but I need T for tall. And most people don't make tall other than Carhartt, which as a company, they suck balls, but they make extra large talls. So, you know, get on that other sweater companies. Victoria's Secret CEO resigns after less than a year. The announcement comes in wake of the company's $400 million acquisition of Adormi Inc. Oh, they had the other, yeah. The internet-based lingerie startup that launched in 2011. The move is part of an effort to use social media, its Gen Z customer base to help in its ongoing rebranding campaign. 
Victoria's Secret, the largest lingerie retailer in the United States, was started in 97 by a man, Roy Raymond, in San Francisco. This was the year the company launched its highly successful Angels campaign. Today, the company has over 1,000 stores, blah, blah, blah. However, Victoria's Secret has come under attack in recent years, primarily for its string of controversial advertising campaigns and a failure to appeal to a wider customer base. Well, I mean, what they've seemed to be pretty fine for the last 20 years. In 2014, backlash ensued after one of Victoria's Secret ad feature featured a row of thin models standing in a row wearing nothing but push-up bras captured the perfect body. Critics slammed the ad for perpetuating unrealistic body standards. Over 32,000 people signed a petition requesting an apology. What? A month later, the company placed a new slogan, a body for everybody, over the same photo. In 2018, Victoria's Secret faced another firestorm after Chief Marketing Officer Ed Razak said in an interview with Vogue magazine that the company had no interest in using trans or plus-size models in their advertising. Yeah, nobody has any interest in seeing them either. Even after Razak issued an, policy, an apology on social media, Victoria's Secret announced that the then-CEO Jan Singer would be resigning after just two years with the company. This is the thing. When you're constantly trying, it's like... Uh, when you're constantly listening to social media, media chatter and you're thinking that's how you need to run your company, that's how you need to you know, make decisions going forward, this is what you get, right? When, you, when you're constantly listening, you're not looking at what people actually bought or what people actually like. It's interesting just how often it, it fails completely. Of course, the existing CEO... Post was uh, came under fire after she posted an open letter on social media on August 11th to TikTok singer, songwriter, and American Idol alum Jacqueline Miskanic, most commonly known as Jax. Her song "Victoria's Secret," in which she calls out the giant for pushing unrealistic body standards, had just gone viral. I wanted to thank Jax for addressing the important issue in her lyrics. Hawk said in the letter, "We make no excuses for the past, and we're committed to regaining your trust." Okay, maybe just make make like clothes for people that don't spend all day terminally online because they're not buying $50 bras anyway. They're gross. They're not buying high-end underwear. They're probably wearing a t-shirt as underwear. Okay. So, you know, maybe get somebody who runs a company who doesn't spend all day on Twitter worrying about Gen Z. They can't afford yourself anyway. They're not working. And next up today, instant regret woke mob gets woman fired for following libs of TikTok and the backlash has been epic. This might be one of the craziest stories from over the weekend. Uh, the tangential outrage about a stupid video game about wizards uh, has uh, crossed into real life where uh, apparently a uh, video game publisher, Limited Run Games, uh, has terminated an employee for seven year old tweets because somebody got mad that they were excited for the new Harry Potter video game. I am dead effing serious. They were excited for the new Harry Potter game. So a brony spent their entire life combing through years old tweets to find something to be outraged by, which is part and parcel for the internet. Like some people just have no life and, and that's, you know, that's just the sad reality for them. But the, then the company has now 
gone on a massive blocking spree and had to shut down all of their replies, all their tweets, because they're getting absolutely destroyed, rightfully so. Now, this story starts with a tweet. This is where I first was brought into it. Limited Run Games respects all personal opinions. However, isn't that always, that's always, isn't that always how it is? I'm a free speech absolute, I'm pro free speech, but we respect all personal opinions. However, we remain committed in supporting an inclusive nature. Upon investigating a situation, an employee was terminated. Our goal as a company is to continue to foster a positive and safe environment for everyone. No, no, you mean only far left. Whereas, and what was this post? How outrageous was this post, you might be wondering? Oh, just wait. Let's see some of the replies. By the way, this tweet got, this is what I'm loving. Like, read the room. 2,000 likes, and let's see how the replies are going. Inclusive my A, you're catering to a very specific agenda, and you fired someone for it. I will never buy from you again. Spits. Nerdratic, why do you hate women? Uh, in other words, you are infected by the woke mind virus, firing someone because they follow people that other people don't like on Twitter. Unbelievable. And you see, I got tagged endlessly in this. Um, you know, the person was fired because they followed, quote, controversial people on Twitter. A lot of people saying, I regret purchasing me. A lot of years ago, I used to collect limited run games. I did a video, if you search it up on my channel, I had a stack of about 40 or 50 of them. Um, and then once they went woke, I stopped buying from them. That's what you got to do. Um, and there are other options, by the way, people that, you know, do what LRG does. Uh, you can see we won't be supporting LRG, pathetic company. Um, this is, the, by the way, this is the person responsible for it. Purple Tinker, founder BronyCon. This is the kind of person limited run games will obey kind of person who will go through six years of your tweet history to see if you've stepped out of line at any point. And then thankfully you could see a lot of the um, work has been done in terms of the person that did it. You see scratch point points this out. Uh, this is a type of creep that limited run games and many other companies pander to. That's where uh, that's more than enough reason to take your business elsewhere. Reality shouldn't be dictated by people disconnected from it. Remember, they need you more than you need them. So you see this person, this purple tinker, who's a, a brony, um, writes, the community manager for limited run games at Carolyn is a transphobe who follows a veritable who's who of right wing phobic creeps. Unless she and until she is fired from the company permanently, I am not giving them another dime. Well, here, let me put it this way. Her termination was clearly a direct result of this outrage campaign, which at most had 500 to 1,000 likes, or 950, I guess, in this one. Again, they are called transphobic follows. Uh, we know who this person is. They're, they are a known entity, and they should absolutely be sued, in my opinion. Um, and the company should be sued. This is also somebody that has, uh, you know, talks about 14-year-olds consenting. Isn't that interesting that, you know, part of 
You see, teenagers aren't babies. The line between child and adults is very blurry. Teens deserve respect. This is written by a full-grown man, by the way. The existence of the term statutory R denies personhood and self-determination to a whole class of people. Sounds like maybe they're worried about catching a charge for some sort of things. For spending, again, this is somebody who's very concerned with the, uh, you know, the laws around underagers. This, a full-grown man. Then Limited Run Games has now resorted to turning off replies on every single post since they announced the firing that employee over a seven-year-old post and some follows due to people expressing their disgust in the comments at the ridiculous decision. I mean, the, the, essentially the, the follows because they follow libs of TikTok. But none of this, by the way, has anything to do with their ability to do their job. Every time Limited Run Games posts, I'm not sure why you're acting like you can just ignore the massive dumpster fire brewing under all your posts forever and go about your day. I don't support cancel culture, ratio. I hope you go out of business. Again, I want to point out that this is a company that sells video games. Okay, It is not somebody who it is not a company uh, that, you know, really needs to have their face in any kind of social justice stuff. You see this person, Josie Breckner. I just signed a contract with Limited Run Games in December, and I am shocked, disappointed, and insulted to see this coming from their community manager. I just emailed the team I've been talking to, uh, starting stating I won't be able to move forward until our business, until this is addressed and Lynn removed. Why are men trying to get women fired? That's a, probably a good question. I, so I, I don't even want to look. I, I, I don't, I don't want to be. I'm just, why do I assume this is a trans person? Yep, it is. What are the odds? The, the, the powers that trans outrage wield in the video game world and on, online is galactic. And it needs to, it needs to be, it needs to be uh, dialed back. Um, the idea is that I'm trans and I am offended. So therefore give me what I want. That's exactly what this person's saying, by the way. Excellent news. She was fired. <laughs> a man in a dress calls himself a woman, got an actual woman fired. LOL. That's why, like, if you actually look at the misogyny in this movement, by the way, um, <laughs> there's a lot of it. You see Sophia Narwood's pointing. Oh, wow. The cancel crusading Brony thinks young teens can, can consent. To hooking up with an adult. It's almost as if this is a repetitious theme among those who cling to cancel culture the hardest. Now, here's the CEO of Limited Run Games who fired an employee because she followed Gina Carano, Blair White, and Libs of TikTok. Douglas Bogart, he, him, says people should only be allowed to post their personal opinions if you're a woke liberal. So he retweets this, right? Ukraine, our blockbuster flag in the bio. Just look, yeah, you're a real CEO. I use this and I censor, I should use this and censor myself more. Quote, opinions expressed are solely my own and do not express the views or opinions of my employer. Gamers, 
Tying companies with American citizens, they aren't allowed to have opinions. Don't be that guy. Wait, what? Oh, yes. Yeah, I normally avoid this, but Black Lives Matter. If, if me saying that upsets you, this is a CEO, by the way. You are free to unfollow me. And as I am entitled to my opinion, they want freedom of speech, right? Seems like their CEO really wants to be able to see what they want, but not follow. As long as you can say whatever you want, as long as it's the liberal hive mind. It's the, it's the exact lockstep. And all this is for because the person was excited. The person was excited for the Hogwarts game to come out. Like, literally. And, like, the, the person was excited for Hogwarts. And, like, the oldest post they had was the offending post, as I understand it, was that this woman was concerned as a biological woman about biological men going into the women's rooms. That was the post from seven years ago that, that, that got this person fired. Now, obviously, I'm going to tell you how, how, you know, look how cowardly limited run. They're blocked. They blocked me. This is a company because they knew this is this is what happened. Like, you see, this person got someone fired from limited run games for their genuine concern about pervs posing as trans women only to get scammed by someone posing as a trans woman. Oh, the irony. <laughs> this is the thing. I certainly hope that limited run games get sued into oblivion for this. You know, the idea that, you know, they're like, you know, get mad more, you know, Hogwarts Legacy is the number one most wishlisted game on Steam. Pre-orders are ranking in the top four selling games on Steam five weeks before launch. And I'm hearing very strong things about console pre-orders. All this is spinning in the, in the universe of Hogwarts Legacy. It's absolutely destroyed. Uh, the, it's, it's spun up the, the hive of filth that is cancel culture. And they use their, their uh, Matrans card it's sad that it works that way. This person obviously now got fired uh, for following libs of TikTok, which is disgusting. And if you have any money spent with limited, game, limited, limited run games or you have any pre-orders existing, I highly recommend you consider uh, spending your money elsewhere like PlayAsia or something like that and um, maybe let them know uh, that you won't be supporting them in the future. You know, woke, this like woke... Uh, company crap only survives because people say they're mad about it and then they quietly buy the games anyway. There's nothing that Limited Run Games makes that anyone needs. Just keep that in mind. And next up, Elon Musk just dropped bombshell Pfizer Twitter files. This is massive corruption. We've got a Monday delicacy. We've got some COOF files shared by Elon Musk with Alex Berenson. Uh, well, we knew last week I felt a little deprived. I believe we were promised some Fauci files, and I'm not quite sure we got them. But it seems like maybe the start of that is now. And what's interesting is just how Olympic levels, the Olympic levels of, I don't know, denial that uh, the media seems to be in, in terms of the Twitter files and everything that's been revealed in them, uh, I can only hope that, uh, well, Republican leaders, because I can't count on any Democrats, uh, some Republicans are kind of taking notes of this. So Elon tweets out more Twitter files. Some conspiracies are actually true. Well, it sure seems like it's more than some, but um, 
And I appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoyed my Twitter files coverage and you haven't yet, please do click that subscribe button down below. I know a lot of you just check my channel and that's cool, but it does help to, uh, it helps the channel to also be subscribed. So YouTube sees people actually want to see my videos. My first Twitter files report, how Scott Gottel, Got, Gottley, a top Pfizer board member, used the same Twitter lobbyist as the White House to suppress debate on the Koof poke, including from a fellow head of the U.S. FDA. Yikes. In August 2021, Gottlieb told Todd O'Boyle, a senior manager in Twitter's public policy department, that a tweet from Dr. Uh, Brett, I don't know, Greer, Greer, claiming correctly that natural immunity was superior, superior to the poke, was corrosive and, quote, might go viral. Such a, a doctor saying, a, 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 a fact, a scientific fact, they were worried about a scientific fact going live. Twitter got a misleading tag on the tweet, preventing it from being shared. Gottlieb then went after a tweet about the low risk to kids from Justin Hart. Hey, it follows me. I'll follow you, bud. Pfizer would soon win the okay for its shots um, for the young ones, so keeping parents scared was crucial. Of course. You know, it's funny, like, uh, well, let me continue. This is weird. Alex didn't lay it out perfectly. He's got like four kind of ramshackle tweets here and then a link to an article, which I'll bring up. In October 2022, Scott Gottlieb claimed on Twitter and CNBC that he was not trying to suppress debate on these particular pokes. These files prove that Gottlieb, a board member at the company that has made $70 billion on that particular injection, did just that. On August 27th, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, a Pfizer director with over 550,000 Twitter followers, saw a tweet he didn't like and a tweet that might hurt the sales of Pfizer's poke. By the way, uh, this is Alex Berenson's, uh, Alex Berenson reporting. Uh, I want to get his at, oh, it's just at Alex Berenson. Uh, I was already following him, but uh, if, you know, you should give him a follow. The tweet explained correctly that natural immunity after the COOF infection was superior to the poke protection. It called on the White House to follow the science and exempt people with natural immunity from upcoming poke mandates. It came not from an anti-vaxxer like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., but Dr. Brett Guerrier, a physician who had briefly followed Gottlieb as the head of the FDA. Further, the tweet actually encouraged people who did not have natural immunity to get the poke. No matter. By suggesting that some people might not, some people might not need it, the tweet could raise questions about their product. I'm just going to refer to the poke as the product now because it seems to me that that's how this Pfizer guy would have seen it, right? 
Besides being a former FDA commissioner, a CNBC contributor, and a prominent voice on the COOF public policy, Gottlieb was a senior board member at Pfizer, which depended on their product for almost half of its $81 billion in sales in 2021. Pfizer paid Gottlieb $365,000 for his work that year. Gottlieb stepped in emailing Todd O'Boyle, a top lobbyist in Twitter's Washington office, who was also Twitter's point of contact with the White House. The post was, quote, corrosive, Gottlieb wrote. He worried that it could, quote, end up going viral and driving news coverage. Yeah? I mean, this is a pretty big deal that they're suppressing this. Like, this, this I would say, is the beginning of, of the Fauci files. This is, this is the kind of stuff that's corrosive. Here he draws a sweeping conclusion of a single retrospect, repre, retrospective study in Israel that hasn't been peer-reviewed. But this tweet will end up going viral and driving news coverage, whining, essentially demanding it to be deplatformed, I would imagine. That's my interpretation of it. I found the email in the search records I ran at Twitter last week, part of Elon Musk's Twitter files, an effort to raise the veil on censorship decisions Twitter made before Musk bought the company in October. I went into detail about my involvement at the Twitter files in a Substack article yesterday. I plan more on reporting on the files in the weeks to come. Through Jira, an internal system Twitter used for managing complaints, O'Boyle forwarded Gottlieb's email to the Twitter strategic response team. The group was responsible for handling concerns from the company's most important employees and users. Quote, Please see the report from the former FDA commissioner. It's funny they put it that way. O'Boyle wrote, failing to mention that Gottlieb was a Pfizer board member with financial interest in pushing the product. A strategic response analyst quickly found that the tweet did not violate any of the company's misinformation rules. Yet Twitter, Twitter wound up flagging the tweet anyway, putting a misleading tag on it and preventing almost anyone from seeing it. It remains tagged even though several large studies have now confirmed the truth. Absolutely deplorable criminal behavior. A week later, September 3rd, Gottlieb tried to strike again, complaining to O'Boyle about a tweet from Justin Hart. Hart is a lockdown and coof poke skeptic with more than 100,000 Twitter followers. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but a viral pathogen with a child mortality rate of less than 0% or whatever it says, has cost our children nearly three years of schooling. Why Gottlieb objected to Hart's words is not clear, but the Pfizer product would soon be approved for kids 5 to 11, representing another, representing another massive market for Pfizer if parents could be convinced that it was a real threat to their kids. O'Boyle referred to the, quote, former FDA commissioner Gottlieb when he forwarded the report, again ignoring Gottlieb's current work for Pfizer. Absolutely disgusting. This time, though, Gottlieb's complaint was so far afield that Twitter refused to act. At the same time, Gottlieb was also pressing Twitter to act against me, as I disclosed on Substack on October 13, 2022, drawing on documents that Twitter's pre-Musk regime provided to me as part of my lawsuit against it. Remember, this guy got banned from Twitter and he actually sued and got reinstated. Um, the morning after I wrote this article, Gottlieb appeared on CNBC, 
the financial news channel where he is a contributor and offered what was at best was a seriously misleading explanation of his actions and for his motives. Gottlieb did not deny pressing Twitter on me. He could not, given the documents I had released the night before. But in the interview with Joe Kernan of CNBC, Gottlieb said that he had asked Twitter to act only because he was concerned if tweets raised the threat of bad behavior against poke advocates. What? Nobody believes that. The inability of these platforms to police direct threats about people, that's my concern about what's going on in the ecosystem, Gottlieb says. Oh yeah, not the product. Not your company's product, right? I am unconcerned about the debate being made, Gottlieb told Kernan. I am concerned about the physical threats being made for people's safety. In a tweet that morning, Gottlieb doubled down, writing, Respectfully, debate and dialogue is one thing. It should be encouraged and protected, but there's no place for targeted harassment and misleading dialogue, which can instigate a small but persuadable group of people to make targeted and dangerous threats. But Brett Gearer's tweets about natural immunity was the definition of respectful debate and dialogue. And his own email to Todd O'Boyle, Gottlieb did not raise any security concerns over it. He simply complained that it might wind up driving news coverage and might slow the purchase of his company's product. Gottlieb is not just a Pfizer board member. He is one of seven members of the board executive committee and the head of its regulatory and compliance committee which oversees compliance with laws, regulations, and internal procedures applicable to pharmaceutical sales and marketing activities. Pfizer has a long history of violating drug industry laws and ethics rules. In 2009, it agreed to pay $2.3 billion, the largest healthcare fraud settlement in American history, for fraudulently marketing several drugs. In 1996, it conducted a clinical trial for an antibiotic in Nigeria in which 12, 11 children didn't survive and became the inspiration for John Le Carre's novel, The Constant Gardener. So how will Pfizer react to the black and white proof from Twitter's records that one of its most powerful board members tried to suppress debate on their product uh, just as they've been, uh, it's been by far their best-selling product since 2020? And will CNBC continue to let Gottlieb use it to mislead the public? You had the board member of Pfizer emailing to get Twitter conversations shut down because in my opinion, he was worried it was going to affect the sales of his poke. He was never worried about the debate. He was only worried about the sales. And next up, Hogwarts Legacy reviews attacked by trans activists and it backfires hilariously to record sales. Ah, Hogwarts Legacy. I did not see this, this level of unhingedness coming. Did you? This is a game that, uh, again, pretty widely anticipated, pretty, pretty, um, pretty exciting, I think, for a lot of people that grew up with Harry Potter uh, and grew up loving the idea of actually immersing themselves in that world. Remember, there was actually at one time this LARP that you could pay a lot of money to go and LARP as one, uh, you know, as a student of Hogwarts. All this coverage, by the way, has made me kind of want to like pull out the movies again and 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 see if they still hold up. But uh, over the weekend, uh, there's been this concerted effort to try and smear the game. Now, of course, journalists aren't covering it because 
Well, it's not review. It's it's only important review brigading when evil white cis gamers do it. When the trans community does it, it's activism. Now, you can see I talked about the Hogwarts legacy a good bit last week. And what's interesting is the pre-order data is, is going absolutely bananas. And why? Because a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, online big brains, you can see Brandon Morris tweets, trans activists are trying to review brigade campaign on Hogwarts legacy team page, but are only managing to make it sound cooler. Like that's, that's essentially exactly what, what they're trying to do. Like they're trying to, so they can't actually review the game yet because it's not out. So what they're trying to do is uh, add a bunch of tags to it. You add tags to the game and they show up on your store page uh, for the particular account. So you see, um, let's see, Felicit Felicity, don't care. Um, some of the tags for Hogwarts Legacy, despite the ones I added, the top tags for Hogwarts Legacy right now are villain, protagonist, and capitalism. Let's keep this going, y'all. Put in the bad tags. Uh, okay. What? Of course, everyone, like, going in here dunking on him, like, uh, well, I went and bought, you know, I bought the game. You know, all this is doing... I read a story about Twitter bots. It says they usually have an anime character as their profile picture. This entire thread is all anime, char anime characters, so I'm going to assume you're all bots. If you aren't, uh, then you sure do act like it. 400 likes. It's called <laughs> being a VTuber. I mean, it's, it's interesting like such, how such a tiny community still wields a lot of power. But what we need to do is bring back laughing at them. Like when you, when you want to like pretend to be offended going after the, the, you know, the tags in the game, like, by the way, big whoop for, for whatever reason, it's only going to show this is, these are popular user defined tags. So it's failed. Whatever it was like they're trying, people trying to assign negative ones. It's not all it is, is magic fantasy adventure, open world and RPG. I'm really close. Oh, the more I cover this, the more I'm just like, I just got to click the button. Just click the button. Premium legacy. Is there a more expensive version? No. Okay. Well, you see, um, you know, you see go on, on Steam and spam tags on Hogwarts legacy. This is going to be so funny. Laffy cry emoji. I was told this game has a villain protagonist cap capitalism and NSFW as tags of content. I had to get a copy. So you see people, like, it backfires here. They buy a copy. Besides the limited run games com controversy, there's also the Hogwarts Legacy false tagging. Um, one of them claims to have started to trade get cancel culture groups like Reddit's Gaming Circle Jerk and Reset Era to spam false tags on Hogwarts Legacy. So? Villain protagonist capitalism, adventure, and magic? Sounds awesome. Like, I, I don't get why, like, I don't understand, like, this is a, another hilarious cell phone. And of course, Hogwarts Legacy pre-order data suggests huge debut for the game. Based on pre-sales data of Hogwarts Legacy on all platforms, the game is already expected to be one of the biggest games of 2023. Based on pre-order information from various platforms, Hogwarts Legacy 
has been declared, uh, has already been declared to be a big contender in 2023. Twitter and user, YouTube user Benji Sales, who talks about video game industry news, especially focused on data and sales, has reported the projection. While Hogwarts Legacy has received some criticism, its pull is still undeniable. It's not actually being criticized by gamers or by people who want to buy it, though. They're just weirdo trans activists, and there's like 200 of them, and each of them have five alt accounts. That's all it takes. You get a thousand people in your mentions. It feels like a thousand people in your mentions. That's all it takes. They got someone fired uh, from limited run games. Hogwarts Legacy has been highly anticipated players, not just for fans of Harry Potter franchise, but for even by people who generally enjoy RPGs. The game has promised a very fun and in-depth experience of going to magical school and getting caught up in adventures. Recent data cements this interest even further. Looking at Steam, it's obvious for all to see how popular Hogwarts Legacy is among players. The game is currently second on its top sellers list, a jump from last, week, last week's fourth place, and sits at number one on the top wishlisted games five weeks before launch. Beyond that, Benji Sales has also reported that based on his information with regard to the console pre-orders, the interest is just about the same, which, if the game reviews well, would mean a huge wave of income for both the developer and publisher. Other commenters, um, this tweet says, Hogwarts Legacy's number one most wishlisted game on Steam. Pre-orders are ranking in the top four selling games on Steam five weeks for launch. If the quality is good, gargantuan launch incoming. Easily one of the biggest games of 2023. I mean, could you imagine if this game is great? Like, if 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 they just if the game is great, how how big the launch? I mean, I want this game to be great. I think most people do. Other commenters showed screenshots of the game sitting in the top 10 of the PlayStation Store sales, and many said they even switched from Steam to PS5 as their platform of choice because of the added exclusive content. Aw, I didn't know there was added exclusive content. Um, some reason that the game is doing so well already has Hogwarts Legacy is the kind of game that fans have been asking for for ages, and they've been rejoicing at the potential of the game, and they can't wait to play it. Hogwarts Legacy promises to transport players into mysterious lands of Wizarding World. Many fans have joked for years that they're still waiting for their letter, letter from Hogwarts. You know, I don't know. I'm still kind of against pre-orders, but, you know, all this hullabaloo, I think, yeah, should I do it? I think I probably will. Um, my biggest concern is having time to play it. But as you saw last week, I took Saturday off and that might be a great day to play some Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, so yeah, I think I'll pick it up. I've seen enough. I've seen enough of the whining that uh, I'm going to throw my money behind uh, a good cause. And that's just good old wizarding fun. And next up today, Elon Musk installing cry rooms for Twitter staff as ruthless new head of trust and safety hired. Some new interesting uh, bits of information coming out, uh, including uh, some perhaps some impending cry rooms for Twitter staff on top of new layoffs and former Twitter staff whining that they weren't paid enough in their severance package. Now, maybe they are owed more contractually and, uh, you know, it'll be... To me, it seems odd 
that you would pay less than what you said you would pay, but, uh, you know, especially given being Elon and the press, but uh, it's been an interesting little wave, mini wave of news. Twitter employee laid off after Elon Musk takeover received severance payments today that falls short of expectations. Well, we don't want, we don't want that. I mean, we don't want people to uh, not get paid uh, for doing nothing even more. Following, <clears throat> following further delays this week, some Twitter employees finally received their official severance agreements on Saturday after months of anticipation, according to multiple sources. By the way, for the past several months, they've been getting paid in full to not show up for work. Um, however, the compensation is much less than what they may have ex many expected, and the emails are landing in spam folders. After Elon Musk assumed control of the social media giant in late October, about three-fourths of the company's staff of 7,500 were let go on a series of cuts. Musk tweeted that those affected would receive, would receive three months severance compensation. Previous Twitter leadership pledged to offer at least two worth of severance, as well as prorated performance business, extended visa support, money for healthcare continuation, which is usually like Cobra, and the cash value of equity that would vest within three months. However, the agreement sent out today uh, provide laid off employees in the United States with one month of base pay as severance. Those that go in November have been kept on the payroll and have been paid their regular salaries for the previous 60 days. So I want to be clear. These people have already received two months full pay. Two months of pay for and have not had to show up for work. Paid in full for the last two months. Then they get a severance for a additional 30 days. So that would be 90 days severance. Uh, now, due to requirements of the Federal Warrant Act, which mandates companies to give a 60-day notice before mass layoffs, although those workers have been barred from the company's internal system since November, they were formally let go January 4th in accordance with the law. What's more, employees will not be receiving their prorated performance bonuses. According to Twitter's severance material viewed by Fortune, some employees received COBRA, which is money for healthcare continuation, a source said. It's not COBRA is not money. COBRA is the program. And it's very expensive. I mean, I expected him to F us. He did. An impacted employee wrote to Fortune, this is about one third of what he contractually owes us based on the purchase agreement. And I always love when uh, the, 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 I bet this person spends a lot of time on Reddit. Although employees were given two months pay during non-working period to comply with the Federal Warrant Act, a lawyer for two class action lawsuits against Twitter claimed that such money could not be included in the actual severance paid to employees. That's ridiculous. Of course it would be. Not all impacted employees received their agreements. Multiple sources told Fortune the agreements are being sent out via a third-party provider called the CPT Group. In lieu of in-house HR services, it's not yet clear as to why some have received their agreements. Well, they sent out these emails that, of course, went to spam folders. You know, like, of course. The website has, you know, an FAQ page stating that the impacted employees can anticipate payment within 45 days of their signed agreement, a downloadable, and additional FAQs documents confirms that employees will not be receiving performance-based payouts or their bonuses, which were set to be paid out in March, and there will be no negotiation of the agreement or the severance amount listed. Ice cold. 
Now, many of these people, by the way, were people that willingly walked off the job, right? Remember, they all posted those TikTok videos about how stunning and brave they were to, to be getting to, to be self-selecting to not work there anymore. Well, on top of that, Twitter makes more cuts to online safety teams. Twitter has mo made more cuts to its trust and safety team in charge of international content moderation, as well as a unit overseeing hate speech and harassment. Well, good. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't really understand why this is good. With Musk at the helm, Twitter has suffered a public relations crisis featuring firings, resignations, tumbling revenues. You don't know anything. How do they know anything about their revenue? Reluctant advertisers and lawsuits over unpaid bills. The latest round of cuts affected a dozen people at Twitter's Dublin and Singapore offices who requested anonymity. Uh, among them were Ana, Luz, Ana Luisa Dominguez, Twitter's senior director of revenue policy, and Noor Azar bin Ayab, I don't know, Ayub, recently hired head of site integrity. Employees in charge of Twitter's misinformation policy, global appeals, and state media were also fired. Twitter's head of trust and safety, Ella Irwin, confirmed to Bloomberg that several members of the team were removed while denying the cuts targeted other areas. It made more sense to consolidate teams under one leader instead of two, for example, Irwin told Bloomberg by email after Twitter removed roles in areas in the company that did not have enough, quote, volume to warrant the support. Well, speaking of Ella Irwin, meet Ella Irwin. Cigars and Cry Rooms, new Elon Musk's new cutthroat Twitter VP. No, I will not pay you money, Daily Beast. Do good work and then we'll talk. Before Elon Musk made uh, her one of his most powerful lieutenants at Twitter, Ella Irwin spent four years at Amazon where her intensity inspired both respect and terror. The pressure was ceaseless. Her emails landed in at all hours. She made me cry my first week, a former employee told the Daily Beast. <laughs> Imagine crying over work. <clears throat> one space in the office became known as the cry room. It, was, it wasn't all on Irwin. Under Jeff Bezos, Amazon's culture was notoriously brutal, but her personality seemed like an ideal fit. I had not had a director as smart or as cutthroat as Ella, recalled another. Boy, it sounds like an awesome boss, to be honest with you. Seems like you'd learn a lot. These bosses are intense to work for. I've had, um, I've had at least one in my lifetime. But if you can buckle down and survive it, it's like getting 10 years experience in one year. That's what it's like working around these people usually. You know, they don't have time for BS. They're going to, you know, they're not going to worry if they hurt your feelings. Things are going to happen. Things are going to be tough. Things are going to be uncomfortable. But you're going to learn. And you're going to become more marketable because you took that job, because you survived that. Uh, now, after a stint at the tech firm Twilo, Irwin has brought that ethos to Twitter, where Elon is employing even harsher tactics to turn the performance around. Sleeping at the office is tacitly encouraged. Also consider bringing your own TP. As head of trust and safety, Irwin's responsibilities include mitigating harmful content like hurt speech, weighing in on account bans and suspensions, and sometimes serving as a platform's de facto spokesperson. She helms the product policy and operations team, tasked with keeping users safe from fraud and abuse, and also helps resolve user issues. Adding to the challenge, 
Musk has decimated Twitter's headcount, including content moderation and human rights experts, and eliminated its advisory trust and safety council. Don't need any of that stuff. Why would you need any of that? By the way, if you're watching this video and you haven't yet made it this far, please do click that red subscribe button down below. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Definitely trying to push for 2 million subscribers here in 2023. And I won't be able to do it if uh, each and every one of you who aren't currently subscribed uh, don't uh, eventually think I've earned it. So I hope that I earn your subscription today. Makes it, you know, YouTube, it's just nice to, you know, I know a lot of people just check my channel or whatever, but it kind of lets YouTube know, hey, people want to see my videos. And it seems like when people subscribe, the more people subscribe, the more people get to see my videos. Some of Irwin's former subordinates described her as acutely hierarchical and therefore unlikely to push back against Musk. Already, however, she and her boss have fallen out of lockstep, though perhaps as a result of dysfunctional communication rather than principal disagreement. Two days before Christmas, after Reuters published a story that the disappearance of the hashtag there is help uh, prevention feature, oh, we're going to talk about that, whatever. Um, so you have a situation now where Musk is bringing in like some real ball busters. And I'm assuming the people that are there now at Twitter will probably be fine with it. One former coworker at both tech companies who credited Irwin with taking them under her wing and boosting their career in tech, just like I said it would, described her as an endearingly as a pit of a bit of a pit bull who has jumped into organization that have a challenge to present. When she comes into places, especially at Amazon, I think there was a big kind of disruption. The person said because she was identifying areas of weakness across the company org in a way that eventually put her in a position to overseeing those areas. As a result, the ex-colleague added, roles were taken away from other employees. By the end of the day, it's a meritocracy. The person continued, I think from an executive perspective, she was viewed very much as a problem solver. Sounds like, a, sounds like an awesome employee. I look forward to the installment of cry rooms at Twitter. Uh, I suspect there won't be many more, uh, many employees that will need them, but uh, I look forward to uh, following this and it sounds like Elon, Elon's got a, a really good employee here that's going to help whip this thing into shape. And last up today, former G4 TV star Adam Sessler attacks gamers in bizarre new meltdown. I know who didn't have a wonderful weekend and that was the human seal that is known as Adam Sessler. Many people remember Adam Sessler fondly from the original rollout of G4 TV and X-Play a million years ago. But after being attached to the sinking Titanic of a ship that was the relaunch, Adam's been essentially melting down nonstop ever since. And he spent the entire weekend yelling at gamers, telling people how much he hates gamers. And, well, it's not going very good for him. This is somebody that is so indicative, by the way, of what, I've, what I talk about when I talk about these like game journalists, how they just... They hate gamers and they hate that they have to write about video games, but it's the only thing that they can do to earn money. And so you can always read that between the letters, you know, between each and everything they write, the letters that they write, you can always see just how much contempt they have. And that's exactly what you get with a guy like Adam Sessler. Just to give you a, just a quick reminder of who this guy is. The two-time former G4 Adam, uh, host Adam Sessler has unhinged meltdown, threatens to put hands on people following network's second shutdown. This was back in October. 
You can see, of course, in light of the far from unexpected news, Seltzer took to his own personal Twitter account to wish now former coworkers well in future endeavors. Quote, want to send my best wishes to some of the best and most talented people I've ever worked with. Please hit me up if there's any way I can help. You're all too awesome not to find your way. Big love. Of course, having learned no lessons from his recent job loss regarding being careful what one wishes for, the former G4 host then puffed out his chest and to those misguided who think who need to send vitriol, go right ahead. I'll keep taking your hits like I have for 20 years and I'll still be here just caring about the good people who got jacked. Okay. To the surprise of absolutely nobody, Sessler's sneering sign-off drew a subsequent wave of mockery from the network's critics, a wave he would meet with his own childish hissy fit. Okay, so this is this is the guy who, you know, grew up with X-Play, you know, and he's had some of these here. Your inability to listen to any criticism, no matter how valid, for 20 years is staggering, said Robin Shu 18, to, to which Sussler replied, your inability to listen to me without any regard for independent thought for 20 years is quite staggering, too. Of course, hits him with a your mom joke. Then the do you F-wits have one writer who only knows one rhyme? Also, like a real adult, adult, unlike your mom, I have multiple incomes. Go F a sheep. Again, you desperate bad guy from WW2. You're just calling people Nazis because whatever. You know? Like, I, I don't... This is a grown man. Okay? He's like probably in his 50s, 60s. I don't know, late 50s, I imagine. A man that has been so unhinged, like the, he wishes, you know, he wishes Republicans would die. You know, like that's, that's this guy. Well, let's take a look at what he's going up, what's up to, what he's up to on Twitter this weekend, by the way. He has a massive following of 200,000. Very strong. And gener generally gets almost no likes whatsoever. So somebody says... You know, he's out, plus he's out because his channel died. He tried to bring it back and it failed. He's out not because he wanted to be, but because he failed, which is unamazing, which is amazingly funny when people who just used to scream at a camera are millionaires and just like to S-post and make bank. And it's, okay, I'm going to be a little more blunt than usual to clear things up for the gamers. By the way, he has changed his handle now and his meltdown to Adam Gamers Are Stupid, Sussler. Okay, to be a little more blunt than usual to clear things up for the gamers. I'm out of games slash entertainment because I founded an AI company that was bought by Reddit. I'm semi-retired. By choice, you juvenile F. Now, excuse me while I return to the adults. Semi-retired means you got a big check for the first time in your life. You know it's not enough to live on but you're just floating. This is what people do who really aren't used to earning money. Uh, they, you know, they, they, this is why all the lottery people who win the lotteries end up broke. Uh, you're not semi-retired. You're either retired or you're not. Uh, and if you had enough money to retire, then you'd be retired. And a lot of the people, you know, all these, like um, <laughs> a tech company, I'd be fully retired. Uh so Reddit bought some company from you. So that doesn't, that doesn't mean you made any money whatsoever. And this all weekend, all weekend, 
Who the F do you think watched your shows and lined your pockets, you prick? You did. So just spitting on, this is what I mean, like, it just boils my blood when, I mean, it's like, you work, you, you, you work in this space, I don't really like rub shoulders to my coworkers very often, but you kind of know, as like a YouTuber, you know who's like the real deal, who's authentic, and who's just grifting. And a guy like Adam Sussler, you thought was authentic back, I'm sure, like, okay, maybe obviously people know now, but like back in the day, it felt like he was just an, uh, one of us, you know? But he wasn't. He never was. He was just faking it. And this is before the prominence of social media. And you really found out who people are, you know? So G4 wasn't your claim to fame. If it wasn't, what was? He wrote, oh, G4 was my claim to fame, but it was your mistake to watch willingly. Again, actively arguing and, and like, this is a guy that is just so filled with hate. I'm, a guess, I'm guessing because he, he must feel like a failure and he's trying to overcompensate by, you know, like pretending like, oh, I'm just so filthy semi-retired. You know who's semi-retired? The 75-year-old greeter at Walmart. That's who semi-retired. That dude still is nicer to people than Adam Sussler. Then writes, uh, no, I don't owe you or any other gamer anything. Well, SH word. You should treasure this gratis interaction. Like I treasure the view from my place that you'll never see because the doorman won't let you in. What? First of all, you probably don't live in that nice of a place if there's doormen. You live in like an apartment complex. Okay. I don't think anybody really views that as a, as a kind of a be-all, end-all thing. Don't you owe your career to gamers? No. Yes, he does, actually. And this is, and by the way, like, this one's right. What I find fascinating about people, and essentially people on Twitter, is that when I encounter someone I don't know, and a random tweet, <coughs> excuse me, is the first impression I have to deal with, all I have to do is go on, is he has an irrational hate for gamers. This is Adam Sussler. And he admits it. So you're good on reading comprehension, I see. So he, he essentially now has spent all weekend admitting he doesn't care. He doesn't owe anybody anything. Uh, you know, and he just doesn't... He's, and by the way, he's terminally online, too. For a guy who's semi-retired, he's really not enjoying his retirement. He's just... Even go his pinned tweet is like an attack on... Gamers. It's, it's interesting to me. Just, I feel bad because the gaming community has been taken advantage of like for so long and by so many scumbags like Adam Sussler that it's just difficult to tell if anybody's the real deal anymore. That's why people have, you know, migrated to YouTube and migrated to live streamers because people are, you know, you're online so much that it's really difficult to like fake that it's difficult to be inauthentic when you're online terminally right like one of the most hilarious things that i see is like you know when, when the people at for example who don't care for me you can dislike my takes but like i'm online enough you know what I, that i mean what i'm saying 
And uh, Adam Sessler's meltdown is just, it's sad and it's predictable. And he's just yet another grifter that got rich off the gaming community and always hated him. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure you leave a like on it. Screw Adam Sessler and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you.